JM in the AM Thursday morning on this era of Rosh Chodesh. That's right. The nine days begin tonight. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av begins this evening. Welcome to a Thursday, and thanks for joining us here at JM in the AM. There's a book out there entitled Uvacharta Bachayim, Life or Death, Facing End-of-Life Issues in the Modern World. Life or death is a much-needed response to society's changing values. In this easy-to-read yet powerful volume, readers will acquire clarity on the Torah's views about end-of-life issues and gain motivation and direction as to what each of us can and should do to save a life. It's a Mosaic of Press release. It's distributed by Feldheim. It's written by Rabbi Tanchum Burton. Rabbi Burton is with us live via telephone. He is a um, He has worked in clinical educational and chaplaincy settings for over two decades. and has been a presenter at mental health conferences and training workshops internationally. In addition, he's written Torah curricula on many subjects, which are used by rabbis around the world. Rabbi Tanchum Burton, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you, Nachum. How are you doing? Baruch Hashem. With Rabbi Burton this morning is our good friend, Zael Newman. Reb Zael, of course, is from Toronto, Canada. That's where he's speaking to us from this morning. In addition to his amazing professional life. Many of you are familiar with his musical career and the uh, impact he has had over many, many decades in so many venues. But today we talk about his community and his charity, uh, where he has been uh, such a uh, a stalwart member uh, and force for so many years. He's worked with numerous charitable projects for needy people on behalf of uh, widows, orphans, handicapped children, the sick, and the needy in Toronto and beyond. He's a member of Toronto's Beaker Cholom, the Jewish Volunteer Services, where he serves Jewish patients at Sunnybrook and other medical facilities. His newest book, A Light in the Dark, a guide to the traditional Jewish practice of visiting the sick, is based on his many years of experience in the field. Reb Zale, welcome to JM in the AM. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Nachum. You're such a mitzvah man. Thank you so much for doing this and uh, for what you've been doing for so many years. It's just great. Really. I, I appreciate that. You, you took me back with that statement. Thank you, Ribzale. Uh Rabbi Burton, uh, it, it might be an unusual way to start this conversation, but one might think that a a book that deals with end-of-life issues in the modern world would be one of the thickest volumes of the day. And yet, you take care of this entire topic in just over 50 pages. Why? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we take care of the entire topic, all of its halakhic intricacies and, and, and nuances in 50 pages. I think what we're trying to accomplish in those 50 pages is to raise consciousness about growing trends uh, with regard to uh, right to die, Torah values vis-a-vis that, what, what are current medical practices, what are, what are the growing trends in uh, the contemporary healthcare world, and how that either, either uh, conflicts with our values or might uphold our values, what to do in situations where we find ourselves on a collision course with the values of the contemporary world, how to advocate um, and how to take the case further. That's really what we're doing in these 50 pages. Uh, Reb Zale, I mean, I would guess, and again, we, we spoke about this literally for seconds before this morning's conversation, but I would guess it was your um, uh, frequency in hospitals being up close and personal with a lot of these situations, which started to alarm you in terms of the way 
the Jewish community began to drift towards society's view of some of these things. Does that sort of describe the way this project began? Yes, I think it's perfect. If those of us who are in Beaker Cullen, who are in hospitals or hospital situations almost every day, we found two things. One is changes in law, and Canada is one of the countries where the family no longer has the choice whether they want to prolong life or so-called pull the plug. The law gives it to doctors. And um, the second thing is there's a change in values, and I found that our from community got caught up in the change in values because they're just... They're not well-educated in this area. So as an example, uh, in palliative care and in Toronto, they just changed the definition a few months ago from someone who is to have six months left to live, now it's someone with a year left to live. They will not officially treat the patient for anything but pain. So if a person had a MISA, Yenna MISA, they have cancer, and they said, well, you only have a year left to live. We're not giving you any more cancer medicine. We'll just give you pain and their medicine. And they're literally killing people, literally. And we've had uh, four court cases here in Toronto, which two sided with the patient. And the most two recent ones sided uh, with the doctor against the patient. And they pulled the plug against the patient's will. Zale, you and I both know people that were given a year to live who lived God knows how much longer than that. So um, uh, we have a number of stories from our experience that uh, Rabbi Burton has put into this book. Uh, just a fast story, but before I begin, I just want to tell you what happened less than a half hour ago in the base of Medrash where I learn in the morning. There's a cancer doctor, very senior, and he told me that he will no longer take primary care responsibility for a patient because the law is against Torah and he cannot compromise his values. So he will assist another doctor in treating the patient, but he will not take the responsibility anymore because of the law in Canada, which says essentially they are now murdering people and encouraging people to kill their sick and elderly relatives. So one story is this, where uh, a number of months ago, it was a Thursday afternoon, I was called to the hospital, and uh, the woman had a serious illness, a woman about 70, 72 years old, and the doctor, a Jewish doctor, was encouraging the family, let us pull out all the feeding tubes and liquid tubes, let her just leave the world. That would be the greatest chesed that you could do for her, take her out of her pain. In the meantime, I just had a visit. We are laughing and had a deep conversation. And we worked with the family. The family said, no, we will not agree. This is before the new law went in in Toronto. And he said, okay, we'll see what happens. She's not going to make it through the weekend. They had a very beautiful Shabbos in the hospital. On Monday, the hospital kicked her out because they said, look, we will not treat her anymore. She has to go to a different hospital where they have palliative care. She switched to a different hospital, which happens to be the one where I'm, in, I'm involved with Bikr Cholim there. And the doctor there said, you know, she doesn't have much time left, but I'm going to try a new medicine and let's see what happens. To make a long story short, Nachum, two weeks later, she went home 
She began to do her art again. She's a very fine artist. She began to get so strong she played tennis again. And for the next year, while being treated, she had the wedding of two Enekoch, and she saw three uh, great-grandchildren born, and her illness did come back, and she left the world about 14 months later, but she had 14 months of unbelievable life, including five big simchas and many beautiful Shabbosim and Yamim Tovim and maybe hundreds of thousands of mitzvahs, and all because the family stood up to the new view that we should uh, terminate life if someone is ill or potentially in pain. And that's why we went to Rabbi Burton to write this book. Absolutely horrifying. Uh, not to sound too selfish, but is it is it close to the same south of the border? What's it like in the U.S.? So I'd like Rabbi well, Burton did a, a good survey. Go ahead, Rabbi Burton, I, I address that, please. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, there are six states right now that uh, where where euthanasia, where physician-assisted suicide is legal. Um, but besides assisted suicide, there are already book law, laws on the books. There is a statute in Texas that actually was uh, was created in uh, in 1999 and then uh, and then amended in 2000. And three, if I'm not mistaken, where basically it's Chapter 66 of the Texas Health and Safety Code. I'm reading now from a from a law blog. If an attending physician disagrees with a surrogate over a life and death treatment decision, there must be an ethics committee consultation. In a fut- in a futility case such as Son Hudson, Son Hudson was a six-month-old who was, whose life was terminated in, 19- in 2005 in which the treatment team is seeking to stop treatment deemed to be non-beneficial. The ethics committee agrees with the team. The hospital will be authorized to discontinue the disputed treatment after they give a 10-day delay for, for appeal. But the point is, is that there is precedent now where doctors and hospitals, medical ethics committees, consider a person's case to be what's called medically futile to take unilateral action, even over the objections of the family. You know, so I, people are not aware of these things. I mean, these are these are these are things that happen at the legal level, and very few people are, are thumbing through legal texts and, and 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 keeping their eye on on the developments. So they're not aware that that there's already a structure in place to allow these things to happen until it's basically too late. Uh, this is not a criticism; it's a question. Uh, Ribzale, are there rabbinic groups and organized Jewish organizations that are taking up this cause, that are knocking on the doors in Washington and Ottawa to try to uh, stem the tide, so to speak? We found that for the most part, people are really unaware (laughs) until they're in a circumstance where a doctor walks into their room, they're sitting in intensive care or in a cancer ward, or palliative care ward, and a doctor comes in, uh, usually an intensivist, and says, here's the best thing you can do, or here's what we want to do. And then either they want to stop treatment or pull the plug on a breathing machine, or in the new world, they will actually administer a needle and take the person's life within a few moments. So in uh, Canada, there is not uh, a rabbinic group, and I think that most rabbis are not yet aware of what is happening. Again, 
reason that we made this book. I think that families and regular people are not at all aware until it's much too late, and then they're so overwhelmed and tired and confused, and they're so used to trusting a doctor that uh, they make the wrong halachic decision. In New York, there is a large organization, but in our book, what we would want uh, people to come out and, and understand is that, A, the Torah believes in life, and B, that they should consult their rub. And then it is the rub's job to go to a senior rub to seek uh, wherever he gets his halachic advice in Toronto and New York and Eretz Yisrael, wherever his experts in Gedolim live. And uh, there are Rabbanim who know, certainly we have in Toronto, let's say Rabbi Shlomo Miller, Shlita, he knows the halachas, he's very familiar. But on the ground and in the shuls, people have to be aware that they have to go and ask as opposed to listen. But um, there isn't uh, any formal organization here at all. Uh, with us live via telephone, both Rabbi Zael Newman and Rabbi Tanchum Burton. Rabbi Burton wrote the book of Archart Rabbi Life or Death. Uvalcharta Bachayim, facing end of life issues in the modern world. And by the way, Rabbi, Rabbi Burton, we should point out uh, for those people that don't um, that don't fully understand all of this, and I under- and I understand that there are many out there who don't. Um, w- I mean, we we sh- we should not. How do I put this? We we should not um, uh, assume that great rabbinic decisors do not take everything into account when making these decisions. I mean, there are cases, and obviously there are halachic uh, situations, uh, where where there are very, very sensitive issues, and, you know, one may decide, you know, with the family's wishes, so to speak, one may decide against the family's wishes, but but we should make it clear that it's not just a a black and white, you know, what does the halacha say issue. The, The rabbi always takes into consideration everything, the entire picture when making that decision. Would that be a fair statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to make that clear because I, 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 there are people who fear going to a rabbi sometimes because they, they think that he won't have the sympathy or the, the mercy that they are so seeking for their relative. And, and I think we have to make it clear that these decisions by these rabbis, like the ones Ribzeo mentioned, are done specifically with that in mind. They, they really do understand personally what the people are going through they just very often because we choose life must decide to you know to, to carry on so to speak that's true and i think and there are even cases frankly uh, in halacha where continuation of treatment is not always necessitated but i think that like like i said before this this 50 page book is not meant to be a comprehensive Guide to the halacha, right. so that a person can read this book and paskin out of it. Right. What it's what it's there to do is to reorient people to understanding what is the basic ethos in Judaism regarding these issues. That we favor life. That life is sacred. It's not just important. It's something that Hashem values, and that we have to do everything we can to save it. And that's the basic orientation that we need to have. The details, obviously, we need to consult Rabbanim, who are expert in these areas, and they will have certainly considered all of the various different nuances and intricacies of the situation. And they're also able, but, to, able to determine 
when someone is, as we would say in halacha, a goseis, you know, someone who's clearly dying, so to speak, or in the last moments or hours or, or days of their life, uh, pain and suffering, which is such a major concern for family members. Again, all of this is considered. Uh, but very often, if you would speak to the, and Zale, you could, I'm sure you could address this, if you would speak to the patient and speak to them about their pain and suffering, they would rather, in so many cases, go continue through the pain as long as they get to see their family members and participate in the things you mentioned earlier. And they, 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 they would continue with all the suffering God is giving them if they're able to, to do a few more mitzvahs you know, each and every day that they live. I'm sure you would confirm that for us. I, I am never ceased to be amazed how much someone fights for life. Even when they're first a shchiv meira, they're they're you know on, on death's doorstep, and then finally a goseis, even in their last moments. And I have my own experience where I said the final tefillahs with someone, and then they sat up and they smiled and they kept going for two more weeks. Yeah. They got chizuk from the process, and others where we said the tefillahs and they smiled peacefully and. We sang final songs in their room, but they left the world in a state of closeness to Hashem, you know, with the word Shema Yisrael on their lips. And then, of course, there are other times where someone's been on a breathing machine for a while, and that's why we have the Rabbanim to guide us as to what the doctor should do. In the book, Rabbi Burton puts many stories as well, real-life stories that we took off the floors of the hospitals here in Toronto, but... There'll be the same stories in Eretz Yisrael and in New York and in Miami and in Los Angeles and everywhere else. Yeah. But it's just important to know that. And right now in society, we're in a liberal Democrat society which says the individual can decide whatever feels right they should do. And that is exactly the opposite of the Torah view. And the Torah takes everything into consideration. And we have our Gedolim who are expert in this area. And we just want to awaken consciousness as to what's going on. There is a change in our society. There is a change in hospitals, in medical schools, in on palliative care wards and cancer wards. There's a change, and we need to be aware of it if we're going to take care of our relatives, ourselves, and our community. And by the way, you know, for 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 younger people out there who may not have as much experience at this or haven't been around as long who today, you know, look at physician-assisted suicide the way the general media does as, as you know, not such a bad thing. Imagine, do you remember, you don't have to imagine, do you remember 20, 25 years ago what the American attitude was toward physician-assisted suicide? It, it, it was looking at those physicians as they were completely crazy, as they were a, an anathema and, and just completely foreign to the, re, you know, to the genuine medical field. And today... I don't want to say it's become the norm, but it's certainly moving closer to it. Unfortunately, Nachum, I think it now is the norm in Western society. We see it in Scandinavian countries, in European countries. In England, a year ago, Pesach, a from family, had an 18-year-old daughter and, again, went to court, lost the court case, just like what happened here in Toronto uh, this year. And uh, the hospital chose to end the woman's life. Uh, because the court said that she is over 18, she's no longer in the ward and the guardianship of the parents. She belongs to herself now. She's an adult, so we'll decide 
and we know what's better. They just had another case very recently in England, uh, not with a Jewish family, but another court case. And we've, uh, we had a from, two from cases in court this year in Toronto. And um, it's now become a serious issue because society's feelings have changed to where it's a chesed now to end the life right. of either a sick person or an elderly person. They actually define it as over 80 and uh, they view not only the chesed to the person, but a chesed to society will have more resources to give to other people, diametrically opposed to the high value of life and the fact that life is in Hashem's hands, which are the Torah's view, and that's what Rabbi Burton brings in a book, that anyone could sit in a hospital and read this in two hours. Anyone could sit uh, up at the bungalow during the nine days and sit and read this, in, in a couple of hours and get a very uh, important but quick appreciation of the Torah's viewpoint. I assume it's available everywhere. Ribzale, what should people do? Go to the Feldheim website, or is that the easiest way to do it? Well, <laughs> if you're in Canada, it's probably best to go to the Feldheim website. In America, I assume, in, in New York, you know, every bookstore will have it, and the Feldheim website. And... Um, I think, in my opinion, every rub should read this. Every uh, family with an elderly parent should read it. And sooner or later, every yid has to read it. We're not, we're not, have no profit motive to sell this book. That's not why we're doing this. It's just to awaken consciousness to the from community and then to the overall Jewish community, because we'll talk to people that we see in the hospitals and our friends and business associates and give them the Torah viewpoint, and this is really and truly a large pikuach nefesh issue today. One of the biggest issues that people are unaware of, but every day hundreds of Yidden are being killed in hospitals in the world today. All right. Um, Rabbi Burton does address when Beaker Cholom becomes pikuach nefesh. He does address what I discussed earlier, physician-assisted suicide, euthanasia, etc. He does discuss ownership of one's life and body. He does discuss the topic of pain and suffering and also the issue of ghost says what to do when someone is clearly dying. It, it, it's a 50-plus page book, everybody. It is it is short, worthwhile, to the point, and as you've been hearing over the last few minutes, it addresses one of the most important issues in 2018 Jewish and general society. The book is called Life or Death, Uvacharta Bachayim, Facing End-of-Life Issues in the Modern World. It's written by Rabbi Tanchum S. Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N. Uh, we suggest you go to the Feldheim website or search for it online. Again, it's called Life or Death, Rabbi Tanchum S. Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N. Get it immediately. Make it part of your uh, summer reading and to read up on a very, very important issue. Rabbi Burton, a big yeshikoach. I... I I knew it when we got it that this was important, but after today's discussion, now I see how vital this project really is. Kolakavod to you. Thanks for having us, Nahum. Reb Zale, um, phenomenal. What can I tell you? You're out there always wor worrying about the uh, uh, the community and its issues and the difficulties that we are facing out there, and what could possibly be more of an issue than uh, than the medical community killing our people and people from other communities as well. Thanks so much for bringing this to our attention. My pleasure, Gitchoydesh, and um, 
You know, let this be in the Chama. Part of the work that we have to do during the nine days is worry about each other. That's right. And uh, someone who had elderly and ill parents, uh, I'm sensitive to the issue, and we just have to save as many lives and bring as much guidance and simcha to the families, knowing that they're doing the right thing is a deep level of simcha, and even in a tough time, it would be mechazik, as a yidden, and that's really, in the end, what I would say this book is about. Rabbi Burton gives chizuk to families, to doctors, to rabbanim, when they're dealing with this very, very tough and difficult life issue. You know, Rabzel, i got to say one more thing. You know, because we're, we're close friends, you know that I've had very close relatives who've had very difficult endings, and, um, and, and it is so taxing and difficult with the emergency rooms and the hospitals and constantly you know, making it the, the priority in one's life and in one's family's life uh, to deal with the, with the patients and with the situations that they're in. To add all of this that you just told us about, to add all of this horrifying experience to an already difficult experience, I cannot even imagine it. So whatever chesed we're doing, it's not just for the person, uh, frankly, that, that's being saved, but for the families and relatives of those who, who really need guidance, help, and a hand to be held through this process. So again, call like a vote. Thanks so much for joining us. And Rebzale makes a great point, by the way. The nine days, no more important time of year to really try to solidify our care of one for the other. A good time to read this book. Life or Death, Vacharta Bachayim, Facing End-of-Life Issues in the Modern World, by Tanchum Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, is the author. Go to the Feldheim website or your local Judaica store. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.